Hello. Hello. We're both showered to do this podcast. Not the podcast require that you be clean, but I feel like I'm at my best when I'm clean for... What was that noise you just made? Um, I feel like... Uh, that was my headphones. Sure it was. Sure it was. I feel like I do my best. Uh, I'm a better psychologically if I'm, you know, critter free. So we're talking about the uh, Oscars. How do you feel? Do you feel better or worse? Do you care? Do you not care? You could do it dirty or clean. I can do it dirty or clean. Yeah, you're a professional. I'm I'm one of those hinkty, bougie people that performs best without things in their armpits. You're not method? I am not method. If I were an actor, I probably would not. I just don't. I'm just way too lazy to be method. I'd probably be more Meisner than anything. I wouldn't do when I was an actor. What you call yourself? <laughs> exactly. Back in the day, you know, little known fact that nobody cares about or even gives a shit about, but I was an actor for the longest time. That was what I was going to be in life. And I studied Stanislavski and a couple of other methods. And if we had had Meisner, I probably would have rolled that way. But I found method to be very um, irritating. And, and, and acting with actors who are method is very irritating, you know. I don't necessarily believe that it made any difference in their performance. I'm more like Olivia about this shit. I'm like, just do your fucking job. Just act. You know? I don't know if I've ever worked with someone who's like straight out method. It Again, is... I don't work a lot, so. Well, you do. I mean, I work don't on, say I, that. I, I, I work on different, I don't work on things where it takes. You don't a... work on big fart sniffing yeah. narratives. Not yet, at least. You will. I just personally, my personal take is I just, I don't like it. I think the end result of a lot of method is you you get a lot of scene chewing and it's just, I I find it very unpleasant to watch again. Why I'm not a big Daniel day Lewis fan. Sorry, family. I know he's an amazing actor to a lot of people, but I just find that just makes my eye roll. All that shit just makes my eye mess up. I just, I know there's a huge appreciation for Daniel day Lewis and it's a big, bold statement to take crap on him, but his Lincoln made my eye roll. I didn't see Phantom Thread. I will see it. Daniel's about to retire from the business. They didn't release it on um, on streaming. Not yet. Or the so post. that's why. I have to say, though, when I first started watching Daniel Day, when he did My Left Foot, he was amazing back in the day. But that was the 80s, and time moves on. And no, I don't know how I got that far. But I am not method. But I do perform better. When you're critter-free. When I'm critter-free, and I don't have the B.O. Uh, so we normally... If you've been listening to any of our podcasts, there's kind of me light, low level kind of talking shit about award shows. I'll admit that because I don't necessarily understand the purpose that they serve. Although I am a fan of the Independent Spirit Awards because they're kind of done in this not very serious, but also earnest and kind of cool way. People are drunk. They can curse. They can be themselves. There's not this plastic kind of presentational shit that I think has become quite unpopular. I hated it way before uh, now. But watching it last night, uh, and for the first time in many years, sober, um, wow, what a... It's really fucking boring when you watch it sober. It's just a boring-ass show. And I had a few thoughts about it, you know, more than my drunken, Roger should have won, whatever I normally say. I don't remember. I'm drunk. Well, I wonder how many people who actually go to that thing, those, you know, the actors and all of them who are already just sort of 
Blotto? Not Blotto, but, you know, had a couple. Just, buzzed. you know. I don't know. I know who wasn't buzzed and who spoke her mind and who's amazing was Frances McDormand, but I'll get to her. Um, I, ca- I kind of came away with, I, I don't want to do, we, we, our rule of thumb, we don't have that many rules and we don't really stick to the rules that we do make, but, but the kind of loosey-goosey rule that we have is we don't want to do shows on things we hate. Okay? Because why? That's lazy it's easy to sit and take pot shots and stuff. It's also very hard to put it up, very difficult to make things, just in general, even something simple, right? Screen printing T-shirts is hard to make, much less putting on entire Oscars presentation. I know I have friends who have worked on the Oscars for years. I've known those people. Just wrangling the fucking talent alone is a colossal job, if you can imagine. So I'm not shitting on anybody's work. I'm not trying to. I'm just talking about the institution of the Oscars and looking at what it represents in 2018, right? So here's my thoughts, and let's talk about these. Is Are the Oscars relevant anymore? I feel like they're not. I, I, I don't know. I mean – do we care if it is? What's did? the rating? Do you, do you know? I don't know what the – again, I, the only yeah. time I think about this is every time, <laughs> one time a year. And then maybe not even you know. a whole lot, right? Um, like a lot of things, viewership has dropped dramatically over the years. I would imagine so. People don't give a shit. I don't, I don't know about you, but for – I mean probably since the early 90s, I have never given a fuck about – Somebody slapping an award on a poster and saying Oscar nominated, what's a who's it, whatever it is, film, director, actor, because I watch so many things that don't get recognition that I loved and a lot of other people loved. I don't think it's a good measure. Yeah, because I mean, the, the, the Academy itself, I mean, the people who actually run that shit mm-hmm. are so isolated yeah. from the average person. I mean, they and I have, think some some and, of those people. And, and I'm Holly, not saying all. I not, feel like some all, of those people, like Hollywood, are, yeah. and it's it's notoriously known for this, mm-hmm. is that it's not in touch. Just like politicians aren't. Yeah, you know, they have so much money, right? And and and, and it's not like they just you know they stole it or something like that. They they worked hard to 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 create a lifestyle, and there's nothing wrong with that. Or sometimes they stole it. Or sometimes they stole it, but. At a certain point, you are susceptible to becoming out of touch with yeah. what... When you don't leave your house, when you don't leave your compound to do real shit, I think you yeah. lose touch, right? If you're famous for too long, exactly, you can lose touch. And so the, and then the thing is, like you were just saying, is that they only have eight nominees, right? But mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a whole part of the industry, Hollywood, that people are working hard to, yeah. you know, and they're, they're, they're still... You know, at a certain level, and they really care, and they're not out of touch. The, and this, none of those guys get yeah. This is a business. I mean, the the beautiful thing about the show business, there's, there are a few beautiful things, is that it creates work for for millions of people, you know, uh, around the world. So yes, it it's and it has messages, and it and it sheds light on like I think one of the messages last night was uh, you know one of the many is it sheds light on what we have in common, and it, and it and we talk about our common fears and our common loves and our common all kinds of things. That's what film serves a purpose to do. But past a certain point, I think that we need to look at the film medium and the TV medium and go, it is what it is. It's just storytelling, and as much as it can be seen as very super important. Um, I would say percentage wise, it's not a huge amount of time that it spends changing uh, 
a lot of lives. I and mean, if you're in Aleppo and your house is getting bombed to shit and back and you don't have electricity, it's not changing your life at all. But maybe that documentary, uh, The Last Men of Aleppo, will do something. Yeah, and that know? yeah, and that's where like again, I'm not I'm if not I'm making a circular point, which I think no, I did. We're not we're not shitting on an industry. And no, we're, and we're not you know saying that all all just you know, know your place in it is what I'm saying. Yeah, and and you know as far as you know whatever. It's like, you know, don't take yourself too seriously, mm. but at the same time, understand how important what you're doing is. Sure. But don't lose fact that you're bigger than this. You're not bigger than this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then there's there's these attempts to, you know, again, Francis probably made the, the biggest statement of the night. But leading up to that, you know, the making it more open, more inclusive, this inclusive writer that she brings up. You know, it's always been there. But the, the, the reason that it hasn't been um, invoked, if I'm using that word correctly, is because, you know, uh, the whites like to hold on to their corner of shit. I mean, the whites are fighting really hard for their territory right now. They don't like um, the outsiders or the people of color or the others coming in and taking over what they, you know, been holding down for a long time. And and that feels that feels weird. But nobody's trying to edge anybody out. Somebody's just saying, you know, the pot's big enough for everybody, right? And it's slowly but, but surely turning. However, when I look at the Oscars compared to say other um, like like the Spirits and even the Globes, you know, which is kind of old school, I'm looking at other mentalities and thinking and, and just the way films are being made. And the Oscars felt like last night. And again, maybe this is because I was sober. For the first time in a long time, watching the Oscars, it just seemed like it's a fucking dinosaur, you know. Do you do you think that? Remember watching the Globes and how we we felt. I mean, a lot of people felt it was like an epic fail. Sure. Do you think the Oscars were? I don't really. I don't think it doesn't. I don't think it matters. I mean, to whom? A failure to whom? Well, yeah. I mean, the people who put it on. I mean, by the way, I thought the stage design was gorgeous. You know, the orchestra, these are some of the best in the business. Yeah. It's put on by, like, consummate professionals. It's a, it's a wonderful, as far as standards are, are concerned, it's great. I'm talking about the content, though. And those guys have no control over yeah. that. So I'm looking at the Academy themselves. There's some new folks coming in um, that are allowing films like, you know, giving a chance of films like Get Out that I had a lot of hope for. But also, I'm not surprised it didn't win. I mean, when you have an indictment against the leftist, elitist people as part of your film, um, they're probably might, might yeah. not cotton to that too much. There's also kind of a – there was a, an article in Jezebel, a, a new Academy member said that some of the older Academy members didn't even watch it. They just um, rejected it out of hand. I don't know if that was about racism so much as that was about um, – that, that doesn't qualify in our minds as an Oscar film. You know, that's why I'm surprised that they didn't go for Dunkirk, but I'm also not surprised they went for Shape of Water. Wonderful film. Loved Shape of Water. Love Guillermo. He is a wonderful dude. He's like a good dude, and he made a good film, and he has a great cast, and it was beautiful and whatever. But was that the best picture? I don't know. I don't know that it even matters. Uh, Yeah, I don't know either. But it, but it it felt like, I wasn't surprised. No. And again, that's what we always come to every year. It's like, I don't even know the necessity of picking eight films out of all the thousands that were made. I don't, I mean, just starting back with that, I don't know what their, what any award show actually serves a purpose of. Except for that we like to rate shit in our country. Yeah. We're just rating whores and we just love to rate shit. I mean, 
I don't see how can you compare Dunkirk to Ladybird? You know, this you know, record this war changing battle where everybody like the the British almost lost their entire fucking army along with the French and then regular ass people were called upon by Winston Churchill to come save the day and they did. Amazing. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. How do you how, how do you, do you compare that you to compare the two? Lady Bird about a young girl growing up, you know, her seminal moments of her life in this love letter to Sacramento. Wonderful film too. Yeah. Loved Lady Bird. Sergio did an amazing job. Loved Laurie Metcalf. Loved that entire cast. Tracy Letts. Everybody turned in a fine performance. How are those? Why would you even? And then Darkest Hour again. Great, great piggyback off of. In companion piece to Dunkirk, where you have Churchill, a young peppy, if you will, comparatively to the one, you know, From the crown to yeah. Lithgow's crown, you've got Oldman doing this amazing job as, as Churchill. But again, how do you compare that to Get Out? What the fuck? So I don't understand really what the Oscars are for, but let's just say, okay, what's the criterion? What is each individual Academy member looking at? Script. You know, execution by cast and crew. What is there supposed to be a message or not? I don't know because all of those films, I mean, let's look at the nominations. I mean, all the pictures were like three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Wonderful fucking movie. Wonderful movie. I love Martin McDonough. We love what Francis did in that. All, uh, the Rockwell, whole, yeah, Harrelson, the whole, the whole cast. Every single body in that yeah. fucking movie. Everybody. Yeah. Uh, our homie from the wire. I love that guy. Uh, everybody was there and, uh, get out. Loved it. Loved the message. Loved how it was like, Oh shit. When I was watching this, I'm like, damn, first of all, just really well done. And then Jordan came for the left. He came for the white lefts. who pat themselves on the back about being so open-minded. Probably why it wasn't very popular as a best picture, but they at least gave him an Oscar for best screenplay. But it just being there at the awards, I thought, was a, a step in the right direction. But, yeah, he was kind of coming for them. Dunkirk, Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk. The film itself, because it, I guess there's nobody really to nominate, it's one of those things where if that's the best picture if I ever saw one from the older standards, me being the, the older person would say this would have been a film they would have been creaming for about a decade ago. Because it had all the things. It was a collective effort. It was just this, if you, how do you use the word beautiful in, in this horrific kind of moment in history? But it's, it's a, it, it was a, a, a really tough and harrowing story well told, you know, filmmaking at its best, right? Yeah, I, I agree with that. Darkest Hour. Joe writes Darkest Hour. I mean, holy shit. I was sitting here going, was that true? I looked up a piece about how it is and it wasn't true kind of about Churchill, but there was a moment when they were considering talking to Hitler through Mussolini about, you know, maybe we don't want to go this way and how nobody was really rah, rah, rah against Churchill. But ultimately they kind of made this decision on a wing and a prayer to like, go fuck you to fascism and fuck you to Hitler. But there was a minute where they were like, do we really want to like take this motherfucker on? And the, and the U S was over there going, I don't know guys, you kind of on your own. I mean, they did a good job, uh, at least in the film, of making me feel like, holy fuck, it was just Churchill kind of on his own, which I'm sure in real life it, you know, probably wasn't like that. But it made me feel like that. The Shape of Water, I loved it. I don't know ultimately what the message was there, but um, 
probably that America thinks that it knows fucking everything and went down to South America and literally plucked a god out of the water and thought it was going to get away with it and was going to, you know, that kind of a thought that authoritarianism that America seems to hold sway over. And because of a mute woman in Baltimore, uh, not so fast, Michael Shannon is defeated. Uh, I hope you saw the spoilers alert um, on the tag here. But uh, the fish doesn't get killed, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets to fuck the girls. And um, Michael Shannon's new car gets smashed up and he loses some fingers and ultimately he gets killerized. Um, Ladybird. I'll be sorry. Okay, let's go to the next one. Uh, Call Me By Your Name. Loved it. Uh, Luca Guadagnino. Uh, Guadagnino. I have to say with an Italian accent, even if I pronounce it badly. Loved Army Hammer. Loved uh, Oscar nominee Timothy Chalamet in this. Really fun. Really heartbreaking, touching, all the things. Uh, who played the dad? He was also in Shape of Water. She call it up. Um, who was that guy? I love him. He's a Cohen favorite. And Michael he, Stolberg. Yeah, he was on uh, Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, well. with his homie Michael Shannon. No. So he plays the dad in Call Me By My Name. And it's his speech at the end that kind of sets us free, where this uh, this father loves his child. And I think, the, you know, the community out there, all of us, finally got to see that that love story, that coming-of-age story. James Ivory won um, screenplay for that. As well he should. I loved his uh, tuxedo. He had Timothy Chalamet's picture actually on his tuxedo shirt. I hope somebody gave him mad props for that because that was pretty cool. Phantom Thread. Didn't see it. Can't speak to it. Um, I love me some Paul Thomas Anderson. So I will be seeing it as soon as it comes out on streaming. Okay. Here's a little thing. I mean, I think I know some stuff about what goes on in town. How did I miss this? Because I love Paul Thomas Anderson and I love Maya Rudolph and I had no fucking idea that they were together and had four kids. Makes me love both of them even more. I don't know why. Just those two people together is just like, that's fucking awesome. And the fact that they've just, they've been together for a long minute. That's like, it makes me feel good about um, Hollywood couples. And then uh, The Post, haven't seen it. It's Spielberg and Hanks. It's probably not going to suck. You know, Streep is great reading the phone book. I still love my girl. I know people like love to hate things that are institutions in this town, but I still think she's got a sense of humor and she's hip and she's still good. So I don't think that she minds being not getting an Oscar. She's got three, right? And she takes it. I mean, when they do these, like, they don't, they're not digs at her. Oh, they're totally digs at her. She loves it. She takes it in stride. It she seems totally, like she takes it in she stride. She doesn't take any of this seriously except for this stuff. That she, and people like pick on her for, um, I know there's a lot of uh, alt-right hate for her because of the equal pay thing and she's a millionaire and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. It's just, it feels like a dog whistle that I don't want to go into. I think she's got some points and I think she's still good. And uh, yeah, if she was John Wynn. You guys would shut the fuck up. Okay. So we went through all of that. We know, yeah. we know who won and this is not an Oscar winners list, but we know, um, Ullman wins for best actor. Rockwell was supporting best actress was Frances. Uh, best supporting was Alison Janney best picture shape of water. Uh, best director was Guillermo del Toro. Uh, what else? Then then we had the, um, cinematography was blade blade runner. Again, one of those films that didn't have much of a, journey per se but was just fucking beautiful it's gorgeous blade runner 2049 
And that's just, you know, that's just technology. Yeah. Well, there's, I mean, yeah, but there was also a lot of set design into that and a lot of stuff. Well, yeah. Um, I love that Phantom Threads winner uh, for costume designer. This was, uh, what was his name? I have to find it. Mark Bridges. He won the um, Oscar for Phantom Thread costume designer. He won the jet ski. As well as a three-day, two-night stay at the Days Inn at Lake Havasu. <laughs> because his speech was 36 seconds, Kimmel, Kimmel said at the beginning of the show, uh, the shortest Oscar acceptance speech would, uh, you would get a jet ski that was on display with Helen Mirren, which I thought was just a wonderful touch. So the whole night was great. But getting down to the, the, the Oscars before we talk about the message of McDormand and others, um, sound mixing went to our favorite homie and company, for Dunkirk and sound editing as well. Sound mixing. Do they, am I again, first Oscars sober probably went since the eighties. Uh, do they always do? I mean, I could look this up. Do they always do like sound mixing and sound design? See, I think what they, I think they, do they? they rotate it. Do they pick, in a, and pick out? a category? But the, it is always, it's always a category. But you know, a lot of times, well, of it's, course, it's in the other the non televised. That's what I think. Yeah. So right, they, but I, I they think decided they, to include it. I think they include it every. I think it has to be like a rotation because sometimes it's like, oh, they didn't do that that one last year. But I think they bump things. In they, and they you know what they out. should though, because I, I've always said it, the cinematography, production design, and sound. Those should fuck yeah, they should be all on the stage. So. Yeah, I should probably look these things up before we do the podcast. <laughs> but that's called preparation. Uh, the short animated film musical score was um, The Shape of Water. I don't know, kind of take a little bit of exception to that. But it, it was up against Dunkirk, Phantom Thread, Star Wars, The Last Jedi, and Three Billboards. I think all of those scores were kind of amazing. Again, why would you, you know, they're all doing different things. Why would, you know, why yeah, do we see, even need I to? Mean, I mean, it, it, I don't know how they do it. It's, it yeah. seems like it's more political than anything else. Probably. I mean, we know that's the, the real answer yeah. to these rhetorical questions, you know. But uh, the short animated film was uh, Kobe Bryant's Dear Basketball. A lot of people are hating on that because of his rape charges in 2003, which I think were dropped and whatever. But a lot of people are having some hate for that. We have yet to see it. I want to see it. I'll probably watch the other ones. Garden Party, Negative Space, Lou, and Revolting Rhymes. Short live action film was uh, The Silent Child, The Acceptor um, Signed, which I thought was really cool. Visual effects was Blade Runner 2049. You're right. That was effects heavy. Uh, very well done. I've only seen the other one. Other, I've only seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I haven't seen Kong, Skull Island, or Star Wars Last Jedi, or Worf the Planet of the Apes. Film editing, I went to Dunkirk. Good on you, mates. Um, and then makeup and hairstyling, of course, Darkest Hour. I, I, you know, it was so well done. I thought that Oldman actually gained the weight. I thought that was all Gary just, you know, put on 60 pounds and played Churchill. I didn't realize that that was that team. So, yeah, and fucking he, hell, yeah, that was he, amazing. Um, I, I think he was asked in the, in, the, in the red carpet, you know, what uh, – did you notice anything? I mean, could you see yourself in that? And I, I had to agree with him. I did not see Oldman. No. The only way – he said the only time I saw it was sometimes in the eye. In his eyes. Twinkle in an eye. Yeah. And I was like – that's really the only time I noticed Gary Oldman. So what are we saying about Gary Oldman? We don't want to see Gary Oldman. On the- <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> he was great. He was, uh, 
you know, because we were we kind of went in a little prejudicial because we're huge fans of Lithgow's yeah. Churchill. That was the most recent Churchill we've seen. There's been a lot of great ones in the past, but he kind of like looms large as Churchill, but he's playing Churchill like when he's sort of like, you know, post-war kind of he's he was second a, time around he was a great war prime minister, prime minister but just in peacetime he kind of tended to be under under elizabeth's feet although he he ended up serving a great role in her life being the father figure that she didn't have around when her father passed away and her and um and her father and 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 him were very close right they were and we get to see that in darkest hour and their relationship their budding relationship yeah because the king didn't really know what to make of uh churchill because he was just becoming prime minister as the the war was heating up you know dude was working from a fucking bunker things were like so tense and the king is actually Asking him, this is uh, Ben Mendelson, which I think did a great uh, King George. He's saying, "Hey, should we get my family up the fuck up out of here?" Things were that crazy, you know. So, um, great stirring films. Yeah, I, I, look, we saw the only one the, as far as like you know the best picture, and um, yeah, the best picture. We saw all of them except those two, right? You know, and for either e- even like best actor, supporting actor, uh, actress, and supporting actress, we saw most of those, and I think you pretty much have seen all of them a- a- apart from those two. Mm-hmm. Oh, then we didn't see Denzel's performance. We no, and yeah, and um, the post, but I mean, you saw Mudbound, you saw mm-hmm. everything else, and uh, from what we saw, we watched Atanya as well. We saw yeah, Janine, Atanya. And, yeah, everything was. I mean, I really enjoyed yeah. all and again, of these films. How do you con- how do you compare uh any of these films to each other and you don't. Yeah. And I think that's the sort of the point of I don't understand it makes a little bit more sense, say, at maybe the Grammys where you're in the pop category. But when it comes to dramas, dramas can skew. Comedies can skew. I just don't and again, that's probably why the ratings are so low because maybe the the younger generation or even people like who are my age who are going, I don't get the fucking point of that. And it always causes arguments. It's like Get Out should have been no matter depending on who you are and your point of view, you're going to have a different take on this. So there's no way to please anybody. So it's not about pe- pleasing the people because if it was about pleasing the people, the Academy would not be voting ultimately. On who gets the Oscar. No, it would be, be us. It'd be popular vote. We pay for or the you fucking go, or tickets, you, Or you man. go, like, who who won the most, who, I mean, who earned the most yeah. money? Box office. Yeah. You know? And was it, I think, Get Out, clearly. Yeah. And, you know, and that might piss a lot of people off because if you're going to go by box office, that means your Marvel films and your DC films are going to get in there. And those are notoriously Ex- yeah. stubbed, snubbed by the Oscars. But that's what the people went to see dude and if this is this is what the point i was sort of saying earlier today if your goal is to sit around and smell your own farts and say because we are the experts at filmmaking these are the films that we would you know these are the this is the awards we're going to give these films great then let's see that for what that is the academy said these were the films to see and I don't necessarily trust your judgment now because you're not opening it up to the rest of us to say. Because honestly, there's a huge group of people who would have, I, I'm, for me, Best Picture 2017 was Get Out. 
over Dunkirk? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying for me personally, the film that kind of made a point and was well done what it was get out but is it a better film than dunkirk there's no need to even make that qualification or quantification whichever one of those apply do you know what i mean but if you're going to ask what we think then look at box office or take a poll or everybody goes to a certain place online on abc and we vote for best picture which they do but take them seriously and go let's look at the electoral vote which is the academy and let's look at the popular vote, which is the rest of us. Okay? And then put that up on the screen. So while, let's say, Shape of Water goes up there, maybe everybody agreed. I loved it. Again, don't hate Guillermo del Toro. But you didn't even give him, like, his, his Oscar love for Pan's Labyrinth, which was a hell of a motherfucking movie. Okay? So, again, I just think... Is it relevant? Yeah. And yeah, it goes back to that question, you know, questioning the institution in itself and how it operates. And are they watching them? Again, like this uh, newcomer to the Academy said that a lot of these older voters didn't even watch Get Out. So if you're not watching the films, why the fuck should we trust your judgment? I don't know who the hell you are. And I have had friends, but I have friends and you get these screeners who are in the Academy who don't watch the films and let their cousin or their friend or their homie Watch the screeners, and then they fill out the card. They can get thrown out of the academy for that. They can get it. But it's Harvey Weinstein, and, <laughs> and that, that, dude, that dude, what, 40 years ago, got kicked out of the academy because he shared screeners. Okay, so, but I know for a fucking fact that some of my friends who get these screeners do just that. So that's who's voting on your fucking Oscars. And then when it comes down to it, is it really just about 80 people who kind of know each other, who play telephone and go, we're going to shut this one out. We're going to do this because I got to tell you in 2018, we are tired of this shit. Yeah. Okay. Again, the movies are not the most important thing in the fucking world. There's a lot of people who don't even watch them or give a shit about them. And they read books and they do other things. But if you're going to consider it and look at it, what this industry is, I don't know. Maybe all of these institutions need to catch up with the times. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to make it relevant, it's like an all-star game. Mm -hmm. They're not relevant. Right. And, you know, the only reason why the NBA's all-star game was relevant this year was they changed the format. Yeah. And people watched it and loved it. Right. So, I mean, they have have this archaic uh, system that is prone to fucking up. You got to change with the times. Yeah, you got to change it. Or you go the way of the, the NFL's going or, or beer, you know, or diamonds, not beers, beers never going away. Uh, diamonds, you know, or, or the fucking sit down restaurant that serves, you know, artery clogging shit because we know different now. We know things are bad for you. Our, our, our tastes change, you know, what my parents were into, I wasn't into. It's not like I wake up every, in the morning and when I was like coming up and going, well, I'm going to go out and like kill this industry. I'm going to kill off that industry. Yeah. You know, shit changes. So I feel like the Oscars, it just, if you look at it for what it is, it feels like it's chugging along. And they even address it because some of the highlights for me last night were Tiffany Haddish and Maya Rudolph coming out holding their shoes going, don't be afraid. There's a lot more white people coming behind us. Um because that's what the old white people are afraid of. We're fixing to disappear. And the truth is, you are going to go extinct. And you are going extinct to a large degree. But no one's going to like put you on a train and send you to a concentration camp and kill you. 
The way to stay relevant and to stay part of the conversation is to jump into the pool with the rest of us. Yeah, adapt. No I one mean, is trying not, to not get rid of you. Is, is like not tolerance, but yeah. inclusion and, yeah. and be part of the change. Where nobody's trying to get rid of this. No. It's just just be a part of the conversation and enjoy it. You're going to actually have a better time if you see all of the things that people can bring to the table. That's what people just can't get up. They want it the old way. They don't want it to change. And that's where they're most comfortable. I'm telling you, if you gave it a shot, some of these, these things you're so afraid of are actually pretty fucking cool and awesome. And when I go extinct, I'm going to be having a good time with the people who are just creating wonderful shit. Well, I mean, I think, I think humans as a species will go extinct. Oh, absolutely. Because, well, you know, it doesn't matter what, what color your skin is. I mean, inherently, we have all the same fears. Absolutely. And we have to be better than that. That's right. So if we, if we don't, I don't care if you're from the left or from the right or down the middle. You're going to you, be nothing. You're going to be nothing. Yeah, you're going to be the party of poof. You know, and, and the, the universe will continue to go on. And Hell yeah. It's going to spin, guys. You know. Without it'll, us. It'll either, you know, whatever the theory is, it's colliding or is it expanding now? I don't know. That's such but, a hubris. But that's humankind hubris. Without yeah. us, it's going to spin into the sun. I think if we just cut to, you know, two million years later after man, I think squirrels are just chilling. Going, I heard ancient stories that there used to be things that <laughs> went around and did silly shit. And I still think that Get Out got... Got gypped. <laughs> they're, they're doing their own creation of Get Out. <laughs> right. It's all about the black squirrels versus the red squirrels. Um, let's talk about the things that we did like. I love Francis McDormand's whole speech. It seemed a little scattery. No, I've known Francis, not personally. I've been following her work for 30-something years. She's just always been nutty, nutty, nut bar, and I love her for it. She's never changed. This is who she is. Um, she's married to one of the Coens. I can't, it's either Ethan or Joel. Um, <laughs> and they have a, an awesome bomb son, uh, Pedro. So she's always been cool and she's always spoken her mind. And as she said, she doesn't show up for these things a whole lot because she kind of has the attitude that a lot of us do, which is these things are not relevant. So when you're going to put me there in that time and give me an award, I'm going to use it to say, um, I think useful things about the industry, which is having all the female nominees stand up and go, okay, look around the room, all of these women, take meetings with these women and start financing with them because they got nominated for a reason. They're doing something to bring them here. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now let's do that. But then she talks about the inclusion writer backstage and that is, and it's been in the rule book for a long time where you can demand or request either your choice a fifty percent uh, diversity in your cast and crew. Is, is this is this apply to to actors or does yes. it apply to everyone this who applies works to, on a set? Yes, every hire on set you can you can demand a fifty percent hire. SAG does it. SAG has been doing it this way. It's been sort of like the cart and before the horse. SAG did it this way, where if you um, put a lot of diversity in your film, then you get um, credits for that, right? They give you breaks, as it were. I've like, line, a, like a like a tax. It's, yeah, I mean, I haven't line produced in a while, but I remember like, like that. that was a benefit. Like as as diverse as you could make it, you know, you got benefit from that. Um. So she's saying, you know, I didn't know in her thirty five years of making films that you could demand this inclusion writer. So now that that's out there, let's talk about that and. 
that's using uh, shit against the own industry. Like, let's follow your rules. We're not going to trend things. We're not going to have women fem- uh, filmmakers. We're not going to have, like, African-Americans trending. Fuck all that. No, let's actually apply this. I'm going to come in now and invoke this and go, this is what I want. This is what's going to This is the work environment I right. want to work in. Absolutely. So it mm. doesn't have to be some brand new made-up thing. It's on the books. It's laying there to be used. Let's use it. So I thought that was a... As archaic as it felt and looked, by the time we got down to what this grueling two and a half whatever hours of it, I really loved that message. That's how the Oscars have changed is you've got the Me Too movement, you got the Time's Up movement, and I think those those movements are hugely important. Of course they are. You know, Harvey got, you know, kicked out of um, his comfort zone and away from some of his money, but until Harvey is actually charged, you know, let's keep going. Yeah. Let's not stop where we are in midstream. Let's hold um, everybody accountable. You know, I've been held accountable my entire life. Uh, I know karma works. Well, even uh, so, karma should work for um, everybody. What's his, uh, uh, the guy who did the big sick? Mm-hmm. You know his his uh, Kumail Nanjiani. Yeah, yeah. Where he said, "I've been forced to watch white people." Yeah. For years, so, put me up there, and you relate to me. I've been doing yeah. it for years. Yeah. You can do it too. Again, don't be afraid. Of what's coming. And it's really funny because when the white people take over things and um, do egregious shit, they don't try to make anybody feel comfortable about what they're doing. They just fucking do it. Okay? When I shows up and deports your dad, they don't go, we're sorry, this is the new trend. They just fucking do it. So I think it's very generous that this this new guard that's coming in is going, hey, guys, don't be afraid. Yeah, because they don't have to do that, dude. Because I don't know if you're statistically looking at the census of the United States, it's just going to happen, you know. And no one's trying to like take anything away from you. They're really not, you know. And probably should have been doing better shit with it. That's what did get tough. Uh, Messages that matter. Dave Chappelle uh, said something when he was introducing. It was the song. It was Common and Andre Day's. Uh, Stand Up for Something from uh, the film Marshall, also starring Chadwick Boseman, who played Black Panther. Uh, I wonder what that's going to do in the Oscars next year, and we'll get to that. So he said, you know, in American life, there are these people who abandon comfortable circumstances and take on issues that are bigger than themselves. This is a thankless, thankless job to take on. Oftentimes, our heroes are unsung and unsung and unrecognized. But tonight... We are joined by 10 extraordinary human beings who have answered the call to action. They are the unsung heroes. Now, we have a lot of these moments in activism, and some of them, frankly, make my eye mess up. <laughs> I just I just take any kind of, like, fakeness uh, of trying to do the right thing, but just half-ass doing it. This was very well done. Um and it and it took looking it up. I was like scanning the stage, thinking, "Oh, I recognize this guy." And it's again, it's a song. You have what three some odd minutes to do this. But Common did start out the rap by talking about Parkland and talking about Puerto Rico and talking about what's going on in the world and um, doing a little uh, shade on the president, dude, President Fuckface, and just saying calling some people out. So you got that, and then the song starts. And who was standing on that stage? I looked it up. You had Alice Otter Brown, uh, Brown Otter from Standing Rock Youth Council. Uh, you had uh, Bana Alabad. She's an eight-year-old author and Syrian refugee from Aleppo who tweeted live when her family was being bombed in 2016. You had Brian Stevenson. He's an equal uh, with the Equal Justice Initiative. You had Cecily Richards, former president of Planned Parenthood. 
Dolores uh, Hierta, Farm Workers of America and Labor Rights Activist. Janet Mock, a transgender author and activist. You had Jose Andres. I loved him. He was Think Food Group. He provided over 3 million meals in the aftermath of Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico. Uh, he also provided meals in uh, Houston and during the California fires. He was the one who unfurled a, a Puerto Rican flag uh, as they went to break, and it got a standing ovation from the people there. Uh, Nicole Hockley, uh, Sandy Hook Promise, was there. Patrice Cullors, Black Lives Matter, and Tarana Burke, founder of the Me Too movement over a decade ago. So that's who was on the stage. I appreciated that. It did, It felt more sincere than a lot of stuff in the past. I appreciated uh, that this was common and Andrew Day personally invited those people on stage. Uh, so that was common and Andra making a point to bring those voices or those, uh, those people on that stage, which was really cool. And I know a lot of people roll their eye at this stuff, but if you've got the platform to call attention to all these various initiatives, do it. And also this is, this is just a, a tip of the iceberg of what we're kind of fucking dealing with right now. But at least they made a huge effort yeah. in that direction. Okay? So, I mean, you know, to go back to the original point, it is changing. It does. But activism has been part of the Oscars since the way back. I mean, anybody remember the the Indian who came up and, and accepted Marlon Brando's? Oh, the, yeah, the native. During Vietnam, yeah. man. First the Oscars, Nations woman. The yeah. Oscars has always been political in, in one form or the other. So in that way, it has always, you know, these are the creative types who like to raise hell about shit and they put them in their films. I mean, the films of the seventies, man, were political as fuck. And they are now, they always have been even in the forties, even in the fifties, you had some subversive shit going on in films. Um, but it feels like we kind of got lulled into something and now we're, maybe we're seeing an awakening. But it's still, there's still a sea of white people. Uh, ain't nothing wrong with a sea of white people as long as you understand there's a wave of brown people coming. <laughs> Don't be afraid. Don't fear the reaper. Uh, one thing I did notice uh, about the, I always appreciate these because this is my old editing post heart, post producer heart. The montages that were cut together last night for best um actor and best director and the pieces that were put up a lot of work went into those. So I have to say to the team that put together the montages last night, those packages, it did not go unnoticed. That was some really awesome work. I don't know if you noticed, but I loved them. Yeah. I thought, I thought that was, um, well, you'd mentioned it. It was, it was cut really well. what do you think of Kimmel? Um, as a host, that was fun. I like him. I like him. Who was who was before Kimmel? I never remember these no. things. I, I thought it I was, always liked Billy Crystal. Yeah, I never did it. I thought it was it was fun. I, I liked how they went across the the way to see those people. My at favorite other, the, other theater. He took um, he took Lupita Nyong'o, Guillermo Guillermo. I can't say his name. I've been saying it all this podcast. Now I can't say Guillermo. Uh, <laughs> Guillermo. Uh, Del Toro, uh, Lynn Manuel Miranda, Margot Robbie, um, Mark Hamill, Gal Gadot, or Godot, we don't know. Are we waiting for Gal Gadot? Uh, Emily Blunt and Army Hammer, they went across to the screening of Wrinkle in Time across from the Oscars on uh, Hollywood Boulevard and just surprised the audience there, brought in snacks. I think Army Hammer had a um, hot dog cannon. 
<laughs> That's pretty funny. He had the stomach flu up until uh, the day before. He couldn't go to the Independent Spirit Award. So I hope that Army didn't like infect everybody at the Oscars no. with his flu. He'll be touching those hot dogs and having people eat them. Seriously, guys, why do you give Army Hammer the hot dog cannon? No one's thinking. I'd like to believe he just had a really serious hangover and couldn't make it to the Independent Spirit Awards. Um, like never go to work sick. Seriously. It's irresponsible. I mean, I get it. Also, I feel like if you're, again, you know, not recognizing all the films that were made, whatever, I guess it's just called ticket prices and streaming prices. But I thought Army was wonderful and Call Me By Your Name and how he didn't get a nod is, is kind of bizarre, you know. Yeah, that's it for kind of my thoughts on that. I, You know, I every one of those films this year there's been years when i've watched the oscar i finally got around to like watching the oscars there was a stinker in last year's oscars that i was like what why i mean seriously what the fuck this year i didn't feel that way at all we watched as many of them as we could i feel like phantom thread is going to be actually really good like i said i had to i have to kind of suspend my thing about daniel day lewis and give him a shot every time um I know what he's doing, and I can go fuck off. I get it. I get those people who are telling me to go fuck off. Consider me fucked off on this, but I think, you know, I love Paul Thomas Anderson. I'll definitely enjoy it. In the post, I will definitely enjoy it. So I don't think there was a bad um, a bad one in the bunch. And I think it's cool that we recognize these films. I just think there probably is a different way to do it than this. Yeah, and probably I mean, start with like taking our pulse on it. But do 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 awards even fucking matter? Again, I don't think trophies matter at all. I just don't think they yeah. matter. Well, I mean, if you if you go back and you look at some other things uh, that have won in the past, and you rewatch them, and just like, oof, yeah, you know. So yeah, it doesn't matter. I do like how the conversation is being had that. You know, we're talking about diversity. We're talking about equal rights. We're talking about, and these these have never gone away. And I and I, I do appreciate that it's 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 being paid attention to. I'm not so. saying that it's never it hasn't, but I just my problem is you can talk all fucking yeah. day. You know, we see this in politics daily. People just run their fucking mouths. Yeah. You know, it's great. You know, I remember doing uh, the live eight concert that in philadelphia and i got there and i remember just i was working on the crew putting up the screens it was part of one of the things i volunteered to do shouldn't have been there shouldn't have done it i mean it was a, i want to say it was a noble effort but it wasn't the whole goddamn thing was about raising awareness what the fuck does raising awareness have to do with anything unless there's action behind it and there was no action that i saw of you know um, in that particular case so we can talk all fucking day long but until we actually have recognition for like Opening it up to where in 2019 Oscars, Black Panther gets some real shout out for acting and scenic and script and music. You know, you want to see not just Kendrick Lamar getting the pat on the the back for, you know, doing a song for the movie, but the, the film itself meaning so much to everyone Come on now. If yeah. that doesn't happen in 2019, then that's calling your bluff. Then you're not about well, diversity I, at all. And you're not about what people want to see. You're not I, about what the people want to yeah, see. I think what's happening, though, is that the, the people are responding. 
yeah. you know the the message is out there and it's not just you know okay um we we know that this is an issue but people are actually responding well of course i mean like even you know i didn't i didn't per se i didn't like the um you know the the uh, um the wonder woman movie yeah. i just thought it was a bad I, not a bad movie but i just thought it wasn't that good but i understand that uh, young young girls are now see- were able to look at this character and and be be uh, didn't have, have a problem with the character ins- at all inspired didn't have a and problem now with the they're character. going out and they're 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 doing their activism yes. they're participating right and that's the whole thing is that people need to participate it's the beginning I, of it. it I think it was people for me, are yeah. participating script was so. weak too but the character and and Gal is amazing don't get me wrong um, and then we we did we had some again some first little by little again. Just it's two thousand fucking eighteen though, but like we have a cinematographer. We got um, the cinematographer Alexis. Oh my gosh, I should know this. Uh, there was a female photographer, cinematographer who was nominated. So that's fucking awesome. Um, but again, you that know, was Mudbound, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. There you go. Um, and then we had D. Reese. You know, we had a female director. And we had Greta Gerwig, and you know, we've had a couple of women in the past. But and it is, it's overdue. And it's really funny because the way this industry started back in the golden age of of film is most of the directors at one point in this industry were women. Men didn't even find it. You know, it was beneath them to even direct this shit. You know, back in the silent days. There was a ton of women directors, and all of a sudden it became this prestigious position, and then dudes needed to take it over. There's no hate for dudes. There's no hate for anyone really here. It's just like letting one group be in charge of something is always a bad idea. It always creates so many fucking problems for whatever's happening. So a lot of different influences and voices, that collaboration can do nothing but make things uh, really awesome. Yeah, it should be it should be more representative of society, and not just because it's representative stakes uh, sake. It's because it it just makes things fucking better when you have the best minds, and you don't have any kind of uh, you know boxes to tick to keep people out, and you just go for the best minds in the room and the best talent in the room, and you don't look at their color or their gender or anything about that. You're going to get a really good product. I mean, every single fucking time you are, it's been proven. It is known. Uh, other than that, got nothing else to say. Those films are good. See them or don't see them. I don't know. Um, some shout outs of things. You're, you're, uh, this came out in 2017, but you're catching up on the up and vanished podcast. Yeah. I didn't know this. I was, I've uh, been listening to the Atlanta monster podcast uh, with Payne Lindsay and his crew and didn't realize that his very first podcast was up and vanished about the uh, disappearance of an 11th grade teacher in Osceola, Georgia. It's, um, it's interesting for many reasons. A, it was Payne's first podcast and we're sort of there with him watching him put this podcast together because he was releasing it at the time week every two weeks, like kind of almost as he went in the investigation. Secondly, it actually opened up the case and it looks like they're uh, very close to finding out who actually did it. So the podcast did crack the case, even though someone said it was like fishing with dynamite and did kind of upset the apple cart there. 
Uh, but it did lead Payne on to a notorious case, the Atlanta child murders from the 70s, early 80s. So hopefully that there's something moving in that case. You have to catch up on that one. I feel like we're getting close to some kind of answers in that. Uh, what is clear is that Wayne Williams is probably uh, not responsible for any and definitely not the all of those murders. So I would suggest if you're into true crime or just justice, I don't know if you've been listening, uh, Chris Hardwick's uh, ID10T podcast is still going um, swimmingly. Formerly Nerdist, he sold that um, ID. I've been listening to Chris a lot lately. His podcast is still stellar. just want to give a shout out to Chris. I don't know if Chris gets shout outs these days. Um, I don't know if he's being touched by the fallout from Walking Dead. Who had a record low mid-season really? premiere? Yeah. Wow. I mean, they went from eight point two million in two thousand fourteen for that mid-season, that same mid-season position to what is it? Like five people. <laughs> I mean, it's still like eight million folks, I guess. Um, and it's still like trailing Game of Thrones in like viewing numbers, but yeah. I just, just watching some highlights from somebody's sort of summary of it, I think you and I would have thrown some things if we had seen it. Do you know, I, had, I hadn't even thought of it. I think I uh, got on my Twitter feed this morning and I, somebody had posted something about last night's episode. Not, not somebody, but uh, it was just a, one of the, like, it was like Variety or one of those publications. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Game of Thrones. I mean, uh, Walking Dead. I'm stalking it like an ex-boyfriend. I'm not even. That I don't want to know, that I'm mad at. Um, I heard last night's was even like Funny or Die did 15, the dumbest show, dumbest things the show's ever done happened last night. Apparently they're using title cards so that you know that particular story is about that person. I mean, come on. Um, yeah. So still watch it. Still, again, podcasts, Pod Save America. I love the daily. I love the dollop. I've got some new favorites. So I'm kind of like into podcasts these days. Does that just do old people only listen to podcasts? Oh, no. Well, tons of people listen to podcasts. Because yeah, I love them. I love them because I can do something else and because it doesn't involve a screen. I'm literally going blind. Yeah, I mean, you can, I mean, looking at too many whatever screens. shit you're into, That's it. there's a podcast for that. There really that. is. There really is. So, like this one, watching stuff and talking about it. There's a podcast for it. By the way, I do want to say um, thank you very much to everybody who's been listening. We've been gaining a lot of new. Uh, listeners, we appreciate you guys. We really do. Uh, we don't do a whole lot of um, plugging of the podcast. We kind of have a rule for ourselves that until we get to podcast episode 100, then we'll really start pushing the show. All of these podcasts have been about sort of finding our stride and finding out who we are and what we like to talk about and not sucking at it. And the shit that we talk about, it's just, it's really, it's just our opinion. That's all anything actually you is, know? really, if you think about it. I'm not a... I'm not a movie in, or television and movie you're expert. You're not, and you didn't get on the Oscars red carpet, so you're an no. expert at film and TV. Come the fuck on. That's the thing. How do you? I don't know. How do you become a film and TV? Also, expert? I guess you, do you go to school? Do you get well, a degree for that? I don't know, but I got to tell you, as a long hater of the, of critics, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I don't really give a shit what critics think. I'm sure they're nice people. I don't know. Maybe they're horrible people, but I don't really give a fuck what Rotten Tomatoes thinks about anything. I really don't. And see, that's the thing about any of these podcasts or our show. Depending on who you are, like how you were raised or your worldview, your appetites and your tastes, it's, 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 
I think it's as specific as you don't like mayo, you don't like tomatoes, you don't like, you know, whatever your likes are. Like I'm allergic to allergy, uh, nuts or whatever. I just think it's kind of like, again, awards. Why are we telling everyone that the best picture made in 2017 was A Shape of Water? Some people may have a large amphibian man phobia. You know, there's so many reasons why we love what we love and why we, you know, top 10 lists at the end of the year. Do they really even fucking matter? There's so many good things that are happening right now. Love what you love. But if you're a multi-billion dollar industry that puts on this dog and pony show every year, I say maybe adapt or die. I mean, I don't think it's ever going to go anywhere. It's 90 years old. Just be more relevant. Maybe. You know. Adapt. Just adapt. Wake up and smell what time it is. <laughs> That's a total uh, screw up of that phrase in so many ways, and I'm very proud of it, and I stand by it. Uh, I will plug things. Uh, let's just plug things for a second. I, we don't really do it a whole lot. On Twitter, we are Ashland Podcast. On Facebook, if anybody's still going there these days, um, people go there for puppies and family pictures and um, fight news. Uh, Ashland Podcast on uh, Facebook and we are ashlandpodcast.com if anybody uh, uses websites for podcasts which I don't think anybody's doing that either but if you are into it we're just Ashland Podcast everywhere and I guess here's a poll question should we have an Instagram account no do, do podcast Ian's voting no I kind of don't want to maintain it because I'm the person who has to maintain all this shit and I'm not really good at this stuff like no one's ever going to give me a job as social media director because I don't give a shit about that position I'm not Shitting on the people who do it for a living. I just personally don't care. But do we need one? Ian says no. What would you put on your Instagram? A picture of the thing that you're talking about? A still from that? Is that what people do? I should probably do research of like, does this American Life have an Instagram account? Does Pods of America have an Instagram account? I don't know. Probably do. And what's on that? We don't televise shit. Just be a picture of you, like, setting up the uh, podcast every week. Nobody wants to see that shit. Nobody cares. And you don't want to be, uh, you don't want a picture of yourself doing that, do you? Nope. Right on. We kind of answered that question. Okay. So that is it for our Oscars 2018 podcast. I'm sure it was highly enlightening. Well, I do have to say it was actually, it was, it was better, it was more enjoyable having watched some of the 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 movies right. that were nominated. I mean, it just just because you have a, I had a felt a feeling of being part of what they were talking about. Right. Um, that was cool. But again, yeah, like I, like you said, they need to as as far as the choosing these things. You know, I think their their method is a, who knows leaves a lot to be. I feel desired. like they're waving a chicken over it. I think there is no method by choosing yeah. these films. I think it is all political. I think a handful of people make this decision, and I don't think that again nothing against uh, Guillermo del, del Toro. See, yeah. I can say his name again. It's nothing against any of the winners or anything like that. I'm not. I'm just saying it just seems like it comes from some sort of magic hole in the ground. Yeah. And who fucking cares? Yeah. If we don't a, know how we got yeah. there. That's the thing. I We're mean, saying that yeah. about the fucking president, you know, what, much less about the film industry. Um, uh, my only thing to say uh, before we close out of here is, again, thank you for listening. Thank you for your downloads. We really do appreciate it. And you should take care of yourself. I think you should do something nice for yourself because you only get one. <laughs>